This is A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, a podcast ministry of Somebody Cares America, being a tangible expression of Christ in a hurting world. Welcome to another episode of A Word in Season. Today, we're going to emphasize the value of Solomon's wisdom and the gift of discernment that is needed in today's divisive climate. Doug will be sharing biblical stories, personal testimony, and tells about a recent dream he had. When you're done listening, we would love to hear from you. Let us know what God has spoken to your heart. Email somebodycares at somebodycares.org. Josephus was a first century Jewish historian who personally witnessed the tragedy of the destruction of Jerusalem and the desecration of the temple. He wrote this, that the people had turned their hands one against another. There were divided families and towns and communities were in conflict. You see, he witnessed the political divisiveness and the spiritual division from within that gave way to attack from without. The political and spiritual divisions and fighting in Israel caused instability and weakening, and ultimately, in 66 to 70 AD, Rome took conquest of Jerusalem and destroyed the temple and the soul of our generation. The vision God has given us for 2020 and beyond is one of rapid expansion, not to build up our ministry, but to build up His kingdom. As we continue to assist in disaster relief and crisis response across the globe, we are cognizant that it takes local impact to sustain true transformation. These communities need the help before, during, and after the need arises. We need consistent resources to help those courageous leaders on the front line in their communities across the world. You can be a part of transforming lives by giving today at somebodycares.org. We need, I believe, to pray for the church again to gain wisdom of God in strategic areas, but also we'd have a heart awakening, get the wisdom of God like Solomon, and at the same time, we need the gift of discernment in the church. We need the atmosphere of His presence if we're going to see the transformation that we've all been praying for and believe that we need. Over the years, there have been times that I felt it was important for me personally to get off my knees in my private prayer time or my prayer closet because God had moved in my heart in intercession over certain situations. And there were times over the years for me to go on site for insight. In other words, like locally in my own city, Houston, there were areas of town where There was such at-risk youth and activity taking place and runaways and drug addicts and people involved in gang activity. So I felt it was important for me and some others to walk those areas and begin to pray so we could see with our eyes what our hearts have been praying for. And it turned it in our prayers into an empathy and compassion in ways we could not get from a distance. Over the past few months as I've been praying and preparing for the next season of 2020 and beyond, I really had a strong inclination for me personally and those that we work with to really take time to go pray in Tokyo, Charlotte, North Carolina, Milwaukee, and other areas that we felt that the Lord had put in our hearts to really strategically pray 
empower and encourage other believers to pray for the transformational presence of God in those communities, because God is about to do what only He can do. So before Christmas, I actually flew to Tokyo, met with some pastors there, and began to pray about the Tokyo Olympics that's coming up, and the whole world is going to be focused on Tokyo. And I thought, what a great opportunity for the church to get the mind of God and to get the strategy of God and the wisdom of God to know how to be a tangible expression of Christ when the world is focused on that nation. The land of the rising sun being known as the land of the risen sun. Wouldn't that be amazing? You see, there's something about being on site for insight. So I went to Japan before Christmas because I wanted to hear the heartbeat of those who live there, pastors and leaders and missionaries, already seeking the Lord for wisdom. How can they make the greatest tangible impact of the presence of God and create an atmosphere for His presence before and during the Olympics. I'm praying for the Church of Japan. That's the land of my birth. It's the place that my mother was born and raised. It's the place that I still have relatives. But more than that, it's because it's a place that really needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe it's an opportunity and a window of opportunity for us as the church to show the presence of God in a very real and tangible way that the land of the risen sun and the people gathered to that land from all over the world would sense the presence of God through God's people. Most recently, my wife Lisa and I went to Charlotte, North Carolina at the end of January 2020. Again, another city that I strongly sense God wanted me to be on site for insight. So I've been praying and talking with friends of mine in Charlotte, re-engaging with others that we've served over the years in that region but also talking with some of them who are already leading up ministries in preparation of prayer, outreaches, and various other things that are going to be going on to and through the the RNC in August in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we went to the American Renewal Project and North Carolina Renewal Project Pastors Gathering at the end of January so that we could be on site for insight, also re-engaging with some friends and pastors and talking with various people, meeting with people, and getting a sense, being on site, getting a sense of what is God saying for us to know how to pray for the church of Charlotte and to pray for our brothers and sisters who are even now preparing the way to create an atmosphere for God's presence before the RNC comes in August. And then again, we're praying for Milwaukee because that's where the DNC is going to be. The Democratic National Convention will be in July. So again, what would happen if the church crossed its racial, denominational, and generational lines to meet at the cross of Christ and realizing God is about to do what only He can do, as I've shared in previous podcasts. But it's important for us to align ourselves with the Lord and putting aside our various ideologies and differences so that we can come to that place of walking in authentic unity. See, unity is not uniformity, but it is a place of unity in our diversity, But our primary focus is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. How can we as the church be a blessing to others if we ourselves can't come to that place of humble posture in our own relationship with God and with one another? Regardless of our personal preferences, our politicians of choice, or our political persuasions, I think we can all agree that we need the intervention of God in the church and throughout our nation. If we're going to see the church of the nation be a blessing to the nations, that we would come together at the cross of Christ to become part of something bigger than ourselves. Earlier in the podcast, I shared about the Jewish historian in the first century, Josephus, 
who witnessed personally the tragedy of the conquering of Jerusalem by Rome and the desecration of the temple. But he said there was an atmosphere prior to that that was such a tragedy too, and that was that there were people that had turned their hands against one another. Families were divided. Towns and communities were in conflict. He said people were in disagreement. There was sharp splits that split families apart. Interestingly, he goes on to say that there was such an intensity of tension between families and people that there was civil unrest that increased. And society as a whole became unstable and lawless in many ways. He said seditions arose everywhere. When I think about the meaning or definition of sedition, I think about, at least from a biblical standpoint, it's to undermine truth. It's to undermine God's constituted authority. It's a disregard for all authority or order. In fact, when we no longer have a respect for order or rules of law, be it biblically or in the natural, if we begin to undermine all of truth, a love for truth, undermine God's word, undermine our respect for others, it becomes anarchy or lawlessness. I see that even in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that speaks about the lawless one being exposed or coming out. Because we did not have a love for the truth, then we were turned over to strong delusion. So we need to be lovers of truth more than our personal preferences. Now Jezebel was seditious because she wanted to kill Elijah because she didn't want to hear the voice of truth. And so there are seditious spirits, so to speak, from without that try to undermine God's word or God's prophetic voice. And then you see a seditious spirit from within. So in other words, Jezebel was outside, so to speak, who had a hatred for the voice of truth or the voice of Elijah speaking on behalf of God. In contrast to this, David had a son named Absalom who also had a seditious spirit, but this is from within. It's one thing to know that there are attacks coming from without to attack the voice of truth, to attack the word of God, to attack you as a Christian, to attack your faith, to attack your beliefs, to attack your biblical ideologies. But it's another thing when it comes from within. You see, Absalom wasn't being seditious, undermining authority from without. He was right in his own father's kingdom, and he was being seditious, undermining authority, undermining God's constituted authority. So we have to be careful. We need the wisdom of Solomon to discern between the attacks from without and those from within. In such a culture and atmosphere of not just spiritual but political divisiveness in the land, we as a church more than ever must not give way to sedition. We must be careful to discern and get the wisdom of of like Solomon to discern what is right and what is not right, what is true and what is false. That's not an easy place unless we ask the Lord, and I'm asking you with me, let's ask the Lord for the gift of discernment. As we know in Scripture that one of the gifts is the gift of discernment. It's not to be critical or judgmental, but it is to have a heart of discernment to discern what is right and what is not right to discern what is being said is true and not true. You know, people talk about fake news. The reality is there's a lot of fake news from without and from within. We need to clearly hear the voice of God. And to do that, we need to have God wash our minds, wash our hearts with His presence. You know, back in November of 2019, I woke up from another one of those vivid dreams and you just kind of process and You filter it through, okay, is this scriptural? Is this just something because of the pizza I didn't have the the night before? 
But this particular dream had some vivid points to it that really stirred my spirit in the dream and also when I woke up. In the dream, I was invited to do some sort of invocation of sorts and stand before members of the Senate and the Congress, men and women. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know if I want to share what is in my heart. And yet I felt this strong inclination for the Lord to say, speak the truth in love, season it with grace. Now that's normal. That's something I would normally say, even and I have said to my family and to those I serve with, that it's always speak the truth in love and season it with grace. But in this context, in this dream, I was very nervous standing before these political leaders. In that dream, it seemed that there had been a lot of conflict and fighting between them and, and animosity, and yet there were so many things that were unattended to. I began to even process and think in this dream about the hundreds of thousands of Christians that have been martyred in the last few years, and we barely even hear about it on the news, or about the recent beheadings that are going on in Nigeria and other places of Christians, the persecutions of different peoples around the world, the sufferings of people, the opioid crisis. There were so many things I was thinking about, things that were unattended to while there was continued inward fighting, just like what's happening in the first century. Nervously, I addressed those before me, and I said with deep conviction, I said, those of you that have a profession of faith in some regard, and that believe and have some respect for the Ten Commandments. I said, some here are operating under the spirit of murder, either by commission or omission. The Sixth Commandment says that we should not murder. Yet Jesus' own words in Matthew 5, 21 and 22, gives us a fuller definition. When he says, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever shall say to his brother, Raka, or fool, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 15 says, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. As I stood before this gathering of leaders, and with great respect and humility in my heart in this dream, I also thought about what we call the the woes in Matthew 23, and in particular, verses 23 and 24 really resonated in my spirit, so I posed these questions based on verse 23 and 24. Should you neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith, And then the Lord Jesus himself said, Blind guides, you strain out a gnat and you swallow a camel. You see, at times we can be so focused on our personal agendas that we lose perspective of why we're called to serve the people we're called to serve. When I awakened from that dream, I realized it wasn't specific to standing before members of Congress, although it seemed I had been invited to do an invocation of of sorts, but I realized it was for all of us, that we have to be careful not to let the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life cloud our thinking. What we need is a right spirit, a clean heart, a sharp and stable sound mind. And I also realized as I was standing in that dream, thinking about Solomon and how we needed 
to have this, the gift of discernment again. We needed the wisdom of Solomon, or should I say really the wisdom of God given to Solomon, who in the most difficult of circumstances, the most atrocious of situations, was able to use wisdom, the wisdom of God, to rightly discern who cared about the baby and who was willing to cut the baby in half. As I began to think about this, I realized we really need the gift of discernment like never before, especially as the church who should be the heart of the nation if we're going to reach the soul of a nation. We need the gift of discernment. We need the wisdom of God so that we can discern past what we hear, what we hear in external influences and voices, what we see on the daily media, and in particular with all the politicking and political jockeying and people trying to attain a position of influence, we as the church need to be the plumb line of healing and hope, righteousness and justice. And for us to do that, we need the gift of discernment to discern those, especially in this political climate that we live in, in this political year, we need to keep our feet on the ground, our hearts before the Lord, and create an atmosphere for His presence so that God can do what only He can do. We really do need the wisdom of Solomon or God's wisdom given to Solomon, and we need the gift of discernment because it's imperative for us as Christians, especially as followers of Christ, that we surrender our personal preferences, even our personal political ideologies, because we need to have the ideologies of the kingdom of God, not man's. See, the kingdom of God is built on relationships, first with God, then with one another. And may we be reminded to love God with our whole heart, mind, and soul, and to show Christ-like love to others, even those who may not agree with us, or even those that we may not agree with, As followers of Christ, we must live by our convictions based upon the characteristics of Christ rather than by our personal preferences. Our preferences can be influenced by many factors, but as Christians, our lives are to be surrendered to God through Christ Jesus. The scripture says in Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 18 and Ephesians 3, 10, all kingdoms, principalities, and rulerships are subject to the preeminence of Christ Jesus by which he gives all authority to and through His church, the manifold wisdom of God. We really do need the manifest and manifold wisdom of God, don't we? We need the wisdom that God gave Solomon, especially in the environment in which we live today, to know what is right and what is wrong, to discern by the gift of discernment who really does care about the baby versus who is willing to cut the baby in half. Would you pray with me for the gift of discernment before we close this podcast today? Lord, I pray right now for each of us that we would have a renewed revelation of your presence, of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection. I pray that you would bring us back to our first love, you, and that through that we would have a sensitivity to your Holy Spirit's leading and that you would give us the gift of discernment so that the voices that are out around us every day would not dictate to us who we are, but we would hear your voice clearly and we respond to your word and your character, your nature, your spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying for each and every one who calls upon your name, that we'd be sensitive to you, to your leading and to the needs of others around us, even those who we may disagree with or disagree with us. 
And when it comes to our personal preferences based on our life experiences, when we also bring those before the place of the altar, that, Lord, we surrender every part of our will to yours, and, God, that we would recognize we're part of something greater than ourselves. Help us, Lord, to be sensitive to your leading to the needs of others. And, God, would you grant us the gift of discernment and the wisdom of Solomon There are so many things that would try to divide your people, divide families, divide this nation. Father, we need your intervention. We're asking you to shed your light in the midst of so many dark things and so many difficult circumstances and situations in individual lives, families, and as a nation. God, I pray that you would do what only you can do. We give you the right, Lord, and we surrender our lives and our will to yours for your will be done. And God, I pray even as we take our civic responsibilities that we'd also hold our political leaders, be it local or state or national, hold them to account to a biblical standard. God, and I pray for families. I pray, Father, for life. I pray, Lord, for the things that I know touch your heart. God, I pray that we would enter into a season of authentic revival and awakening that would transform lives and bring transforming revival. God, we thank you for the privilege of allowing us to be a part. God, we pray that we would not be of a divided kingdom, but we are of an unshakable kingdom, the kingdom of our Lord, the hope of glory, Christ in us. God, I pray from Tokyo to Charlotte to Milwaukee to Detroit to Baltimore to New England to San Antonio to Houston, all across this nation, that, Lord, you would raise up your people who truly are seeking after you, and you would do a work in each and every one of us to do a work through us. And may the world see that Jesus Christ is Lord, and Jesus Christ is the Lord of his church. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805 805- Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.